Hello, 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 and welcome to episode three of Heather's Heart, the podcast. It's your girl, Heather LaRue, in the building, in the place, in this podcast space, spending time with you. Thank you for clicking on the link. Thank you. I appreciate your listening ears. I appreciate all of you who have subscribed on Spotify. I thank you for taking the time to even listen to the words that come out of our mouth. Thank you for the first two episodes and your support. It is greatly appreciated. Um, so as I propel forward in the podcast, um, I put a post on Facebook about doing a leveling up your leadership training. And so what it is, is in April 2020, I wrote a book called The Leader's Devotional, subtitled Becoming God's Leader. Because it's really about becoming God's leader. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to minister at my pastor's anniversary service, which is unusual for a couple of reasons. First, I am not an ordained minister and I do not profess to be. Second, I'm a layman. Rather, just a servant. I'm really just a servant. So it was awkward for me to do something of that nature. But the message that God gave me was don't die in your promised land, which means that you can die in your destiny. You can die in your purpose. All right, so he took me to Joshua 7, where a man named Achan steals some silver, some gold, and a robe, which is a mantle. So basically, he steals elevation and prosperity. His action caused everyone to lose the battle. So Israel lost the battle, and 36 men died. Because of his disobedience. Achan actually goes through the process from slavery in Egypt. Crossing the seas. Crossing Jordan. He went through the wilderness. He went through everything that they had to go through. Gets to the promised land. The place he's been waiting his entire life to get to. Then he dies. He doesn't get to even enjoy his dream. Because of his own selfishness and eagerness. He's too anxious to get his. So as I began to read and study, the Holy Spirit began imparting things in my spirit for leaders. And for those who have a huge vision before them. Understand this key point. I need you to write this down. Underline it three or four times. How you elevate matters. How you elevate matters. How you get to the top matters. What you do once you get to the promised land matters. You can lose it all if you do not have obedience and restraint. Write that down. Obedience and restraint. And the reason why is that the higher dimensions that you access, you access them by faith only. What I mean is that you can work as hard as you want to and still miss it. You can be faithful and consistent and still miss it. God has to be the one in full control, in total operation. He has to be the captain of your ship, the reason why you do things. And he has to be the decision maker for what you do. It's his way or no way. The reality is. You can get there and die there. This is why the leader's devotional is important. Because God is about to shift us into places we have prayed, dreamed, and cried to go to. The floodgates are about to open. Doors are flying for us. It's going to be an amazing time for the believer. 
We will actually get to experience the fruit of our labor because of our obedience. But in this season, it is important that you become God's leader, that you become God's parent, that you become God's servant. You have to become the very image of yourself God has ordained you to be. Becoming God's leader means you become God's dream for you, which is bigger than you could ever imagine in your own mind. So with that being said, let's talk about the leader's devotional. It's on Amazon.com. Get your copy now. Get your copy now. It's on Amazon.com. It's the Leaders Devotional by Heather LaRue. Let's talk about chapters 1 through 4. So all I'm going to go over is 1 through 4 because I just want you to get the beginning. All right, chapter 1 talks about the calling to be greater. Basically, what God showed me is that regardless of who you are, there's a calling to be greater. There's a need for you in the earth. There is a job position that you have to have. There is an assignment that God has only given you to do. Write that down. There's an assignment that I have to complete. There's an assignment. There's something that I got to do that I haven't done yet. There's something that I got to say that I haven't said yet. There's places that I have to walk into that I've never walked before. There is dreams. There are dreams that I have got to dream so that I can see them and get there. And here you are right here. And God is just wanting the average Joe. He's wanting the average Jane. He's wanting you. Yes, you the barber. Yes, you the beautician. Yes, you the teacher. Yes, you the custodian. Yes, you the basketball player. Yes, you. Yes, you, you, you. God wants you because there is a calling that you have to fulfill. God called you. He's calling you now. You were selected. You were predestined for this. It's Jeremiah 29 and 11 that God has prepared an expected end for you. For you. God loves you so much that he went before you. And he's got something with your name on it. All right. A second point from chapter one that I want to discuss is that greatness is not distributed to a select few. Greatness is not distributed to a select few. So what I'm telling you right now is don't count yourself out. Don't think little old me. How's God going to use me? I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. You are something. And greatness was not given to just the elite. Greatness was not given to just the rich. In God's kingdom, there is no cool group. There is not an upper echelon. God's kingdom is just about everybody doing what they're supposed to do. It is about everybody understanding that regardless of what status or financial status or economic status or job status, whatever your status is, you still have an assignment that you must complete. You have an assignment that you must complete. And God did not stop giving success out 
He did not stop giving success out. He did not stop sowing seeds for you. He did not stop believing for you. You have a destined place in God. Yes, you can be better than where you are. God did not create your trial for you to stay in it. God did not create a mountain for you to stay at the bottom of it. He created it for you to climb it because there's greatness in you. There's ministry in you. There's a word in your belly. And some of us, the reality is, is that we may never hit a platform because God has not called us to that. But he's called you to carry the word in your heart every day and just be you because people need real tangible people, everyday people who are easy to relate to, to really speak into their life. And that is you. That is you. Stop counting yourself out. Do not count yourself out. You are somebody. Point three for chapter one that I want to discuss and then we'll go to chapter two is become God's leader. And the question that you really have to ask yourself and that I hit in chapter two is, are you just a leader or are you God's leader? There is a difference from being a leader and being God's leader. There's a difference from being a prophet and being God's prophet. There's a difference from being a business owner than being God's business owner. There's a difference between just the earthly title and God's ordained title. There is a difference. You can possess a title and not have God's approval on your life. Do y'all hear me? You have to become God's leader, not the leader that you've envisioned for yourself. Because a lot of times what happens to us is God gives us a dream or a vision and our mind runs with it. And then we start to think, we start to take the dream to places God never even desired it to go. You got to be God's leader. Because when you are a, when you are just a simple leader, when you're just a leader, God will always compete with your flesh and fight for your attention. God does not want you to get to your promised land and then he's fighting with your flesh. He's fighting with your desires. That's why Lucifer became Satan. Because here Lucifer was, power, was as powerful as anyone could be besides God. And he's in the same realm as God. But then he wants his own kingdom. He wants his own. And the minute that God sees that he's no longer his leader and that he's his own leader, he cast him out and one third of the angels fell with him. Meaning Satan had a following in heaven. Satan had a following and God cast out Satan and his following. Meaning that it's possible to be in heaven and miss your targets. You have to be God's leader in your promised land. And there's a big charge for leaders. Because if you look at Joshua chapter 7. Read it in your own spare time. You will see that Joshua. That God comes to Joshua. Addresses Joshua about the sin amongst the people. 
and tells him to go deal with the sin amongst his people, amongst the people in the tribe. And so Joshua is tasked with exposing the sin. So he has to expose Achan who steals and not only expose him, but they have to stone him and then burn him. And not just him, they have to stone his whole family, all his oxen, all his horses. Everything that he owned had to be, be stoned and burned. For God to step back in and put his anointing back on Israel. To give them favor back. You can be off the mark and still in the promised land. And God doesn't want that. He does not want that. God has to be the one leading you totally. It takes a consistent effort to pursue God. It takes a consistent effort to become God's leader. A leader that God honors. A leader that God trusts. A leader that God can back. A leader that God anoints. A leader that God puts his stamp and seal of approval on. You have to become God's leader. You have to choose. You have to choose. Either it's going to be your way or it's going to be God's way. Because how you've lived your life up until this point is okay. But once you hit purpose, once you hit destiny, once you hit the promised land, there is a lot more at risk. And God needs 100% of your obedience. And if you even go and look back, and in my research, I had to look at Moses and I had to go to Exodus 4.24, believe it's 4.24, where Moses is disobedient to God because this is way before he even makes it to Egypt. This is where he calls Moses and Moses takes his family and he's on, he's en route to going to Egypt. So he's just got the burning bush. The burning bush has just happened. He's just got the call from God. And on the way to Egypt, God is about to kill him. God comes to slay him because he would not be obedient and circumcise his son. Could you imagine God calling you and you say yes, but you don't say yes to the other stuff that he needs you to say yes to. And on your way to do your assignment, God comes to kill you because you weren't obedient to everything. This is how serious this thing is. I'm not trying to scare anybody. That's not what it's about. It's not about scaring anyone, but it's it's about you understanding the reality of being the leader that God called, about being the leader that God can back. You have got to become the person that God wants you to become. You've got to be it. You've got to be it. You've got to be it because there is a whole nother level of glory that God is wanting to just douse on his people that he's wanting to immerse us in but for us to get to that place it costs us obedience and restraint all right so let's look at chapter three hope this is making you want to read the book if not get the word get the word for yourself whatever is in it just get the word Chapter three talks about embracing your power. Let's take a break right here. Then we're going to come back and we're going to read about chapter three. And then you're going to listen and I'm going to tell you about chapter four. And then that's it. All right. Hang tight. Heather's Heart, the podcast.
Welcome back, welcome back to Heather's Heart, the podcast. It's your girl, Heather, and we're talking about leveling up your leadership because God is wanting you to amplify it. Raise it up a notch. You got it. I'm telling you. All right. So we're talking about the book, Becoming God's Leader. All right. And we talked about chapter one and two. Chapter one was about the calling to be greater because God has a greater calling on your life. Chapter two was about becoming God's leader because you have to be the leader that God needs you to be. Even if you do not have a title, you are still a leader. You're a parent in a household. You're still leading. If you work at a center where you're, where people are asking you questions, you're a leader. You might not be the biggest leader, but you're still a leader. All right. And we also talked about just consistently pursuing God to become God's leader. Now we're at chapter three. And this is where it gets good because we're talking about embracing your power. Chapter three is entitled Embrace Your Power. So I'm going to read the first paragraph of the chapter and give you some insight. And then we're just going to discuss two points of it. And then we're going to go to chapter four. And we're going to close out for tonight. All right. Many believe leadership equals power. Leaders are more than just power. Our thinking must go beyond simply having power and shift to using our influence purposefully. Leaders are forces of nature who facilitate action, change, transformation, and break barriers. Leaders are the power source, the electric current, and seismic waves that others feel. Leaders are the influence. You are the power. You are the influence. Somebody say, you are the power. You are the influence. Now make it personal. Say, I am the power. I am the influence. Chapter 3 talks about simply embracing your power. Understand that your power that is given to you is the power to influence others. Because everything that you do is subject to be duplicated by someone else. I'm going to say that again. Everything you do is subject to be duplicated by someone else. Don't get mad about it. I see a lot of folks get mad if somebody copycats or does. Look, you're a leader. You're influential. People are going to do what they see you do. And it is okay. And two, one thing you have to learn is that you're not the only one with a gift. You're not the only one called. So guess what? You got to embrace your power and also embrace the fact that others are going to have just as much power. All right? God works through replication too. And why I say that is because if you look at the disciples, all they did was replicate what Jesus was doing. And now... 2,000 years later, we are still talking about Jesus because some disciples decided to replicate. God works through replication just as much as he does you being just your individual self. Okay? Okay? Understand that. I'm not saying completely copy what somebody's doing. So let me give you a disclaimer there. I'm not saying that. 
And let me warn you, you don't want to copy the wrong things. You want to figure out what God wants for you. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong with being a trendsetter. Because God wants us as Christians to be the seismic waves and the electric currents. He wants us to be the energy and vibe that others follow. And he wants the energy that we have to channel to others so that they get that energy. And then it just passes and passes down. All right. He wants us. He wants the ebb and flow to work together in our lives. All right. So let's look at Matthew 5 and 14. It says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. What is God saying about that? Embrace your light. You are the light of the world. In other words, there's no rock that you can crawl under. Embrace your power. Embrace your light because it is who you are. It is how you will be identified whether you recognize it or not. God has put a special anointing on your life. He has put himself on you. And because he has, no matter how much you hide, it's going to be visible. Visible Because a city on a hill can never be hidden. You're already exalted. People are going to see you even when you're not trying to be seen. All right. So that's chapter three. Embrace your power. I'm going to talk about chapter four and then we're going to wrap it up. I hope this is blessing you. You got to become God's leader. All right. Now, this this fourth chapter is going to mess with your psyche because we're taught so different. But I had to find out some things as a leader myself. And it's what. God revealed to me that helped me really refocus myself, okay? Chapter 4 talks about feeding you first. That's the title, feed you first. Now, I recognize that what I'm about to say is going against what a lot of us have been taught, but you have to take care of you first. In Luke 22, verses 39 through 41, Jesus had to pull away from the disciples. He had to pull away from people and pray. Jesus needed personal time to prepare himself for his duties. Leaders, you have to feed you first. You have to feed you first. As powerful as Jesus was, he himself still needed personal time and prayer. Carve out time for God to impart in you. Feed you first, sit at the table first and get the message from God. Get what you need from God so you don't get in front of people famished, broken, starving and lacking yourself. There's a lot of bleeding leaders, leaders dying on the inside. There's a lot of leaders who are not healed, but they're leading and so the platform has become a place of security instead of an assignment or a mission. I'm going to say that again. You got to get that. Get what you need from God so you don't get in front of people famished, broken, starving, and lacking yourself. There are a lot of bleeding leaders. Are you a bleeding leader? A leader who is leading, dying on the inside. A leader who has not yet been healed. And the platform becomes a place of security instead of an assignment or a mission. And you really have to be careful with that. 
Because when you do not allow God to work on the internal and the innermost parts of you. And you still stay in a position. Sooner or later, your trauma that you have not dealt with eventually surfaces. It eventually comes to the top. And you as a leader, you don't want to be a bleeding leader. You don't want to be a leader who relies on the security of your title. I've seen people get upset when they get up to talk and people don't clap for them or get up with them. Because their security comes from that position. So when they don't get the particular response that they want from somebody, then they feel some type of way. Look, the positions and titles that you have are not for you to feel secure. They're for you to complete a job. So whether you get a standing ovation or whether you get blank stares, you still have to do the assignment. It's about the assignment. So that's why you got to feed you first so you can be a, a leader in the right manner. You got to be the right kind of leader on God's right platform. All right. The other point I want to discuss. Another one is that God understands the demand on you. He understands the tussle. He's not going to take his hand off of you because you need rest. He is not going to cut you off because you need a moment to breathe. He never took his hand off of Jesus when he needed rest. Preparation and prayer are needed for your journey. Write that down. Preparation and prayer are what's needed for my journey. God understands your demand. He understands the fact that what you're, what you're called to do is greater than you can even deal with. That's why you got him. That's why he's the captain of the ship. That's why he needs your obedience and restraint. Because you cannot access these levels and dimensions in your own strength. It's by faith. It's by faith. There's nothing that you can do in your own strength to get you to where God has called you to be. It comes through him. It comes through him. It's activated by faith. All right. All right. The last point I'm going to discuss and we're going to close out for chapter four about feeding you first is when you don't allow yourself. When you don't allow yourself time to be replenished, eventually it shows in your work. You will lack patience. You'll be short-tempered, critical, you will doubt, and you will eventually become out of sync with God. What happens to flowers that don't get watered? Think about that. What happens to flowers when they don't get watered? They start to droop, then wilt, then eventually they die. Leaders, it is your responsibility to eat from the Lord's table first. You cannot get up on any platform with borrowed messages, with borrowed anointing, with yesterday's stuff, with six months ago stuff. You have got to get in the presence of God for yourself. Get the word straight from him, fresh, hot off the press. God is calling you to replenish yourself. And to carve out time with him. You have got to feed you first. You cannot 
keep standing back and trying to make sure everybody's taken care of and you're a bleeding leader. It's going to show up in your work. And then you also have to be careful because if you don't feed you first and you take on another personality or you're not as easy to deal with, a lot of times it's what happens when, pe when people don't take the time to replenish themselves. They're not easy to deal with. And so what happens is because they're not easy to deal with, people don't want to accept their calling because they see you struggling with yours. I'm talking to somebody. People will say no to their calling because they have the same calling as you, but they don't want to end up like you. I'm talking to you. You have got to prepare and pray and plan because people are watching you. Everything that you do is subject to be duplicated, replicated, and you've got to project the right image. All right. So that concludes that concludes the first four chapters of the Leaders Devotional. As I said, it's on Amazon.com. Type in the Leaders Devotional, Heather LaRue, that's L-A-R-U-E. Download it, get it, order it. We're going to talk about um, 5 through 11 next Monday. Make sure you share this with your friends because it's about helping each other elevate. We got to help each other. We have got to help each other. We have got to take on a different type of strategy. And that strategy is working through each other, helping each other, admonishing each other. All right, well, I love you. Thank you for always listening. Thank you for being so supportive. Heather's Heart, the podcast. It's your girl LaRue signing out. See you next week.